In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. As we continue our journey through Lent, we ask you to open our hearts to experience the darkness, but experience the light that you have prepared for us, as you are the light of the world. Amen. Throughout the Fridays of Lent, <clears throat> Father Matthew decided uh, early on, I think for the first Friday of Lent, is what he was going to do was to do a reflection on life, reflection on the history of the Church of the East uh, throughout the persecutions of the Church of the East. So he's gone through it, and if you've, if you've been to these Fridays of Lent reflections, if you're not, they're, 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 uh, they're on our YouTube channel. They're really heavy stuff, they're really dark stuff, um, and it's important to know like, the darkness that can sometimes enter into, enter into humanity. For example, in the 300s, so like 1,700 years ago, in the 300s, there was a persecution of the, of the Chaldeans, the Church of the East, whatever, the Assyrians, Chaldeans were kind of one, um, and they were they estimated over 100,000, 100,000 Chaldeans, Church of the East, who were, who were killed. Now think about that. There's about 200 or so thousand Chaldeans in Michigan. Imagine half of the Chaldeans in Michigan being persecuted and being martyred, being killed. That would be devastating to, to, to the church. And then fast forward a thousand years, the Chaldean church, the Church of the East, had spread throughout all of Iraq and Persia, all the way through China. And then the Mongolians came. And the Mongolians, at that point in time, there were 200 dioceses. Think about that. A diocese is like where a bishop is with a bunch of priests and churches, all these things. So we have one in Detroit, one in San Diego, one in Toronto for the Chaldeans in the North, North America. There were 200 of these across this entire region. By the time the Mongols had annihilated the region, they went from 200 to 7. That's how many of our people were murdered, martyred, mass graves of just devastation. And we can think to ourselves, all right, and that was like, oh, Father Pierre, that was like 700 years ago, the world has developed, we've come to a better understanding of life, good. Fast forward, in the 1915s, 1920s, and the late teens, right, 100 years ago, our great-grandparents' generation, my great-grandparents' generation, there was the, what's called the Armenia Genocide. I would call it the Turkish Genocide, right? Where the Turks, the Ottomans, whomever, the same people, it was genocide, right? Against the Armenians, against the Syriacs, against the Assyrians, against the Chaldeans. The genocide, pure genocide. And if you want to go down a dark rabbit hole, do some research on this. It was devastating. Marched to their deaths and just raped and pillaged and just annihilated and just everything was stolen from them. It was just just a, a, a atrocity of humanity. An estimated two million Christians were killed during that. A hundred years ago, my grandmother. I remember her telling me stories about from her grandmother, from her mother, about like she was alive at this time. This happened in time and space. The actual people. It's the darkness of the world. And besides, like the Church of the East being persecuted, you have things like. World War I, World War II, right? Like, look what happened at the, like, the Japanese prison camps in these wars. Atrocities on humanity that no one should even have to ever read. They're so dark. The Holocaust, millions of people, the Jews and homosexuals and Christians were gathered up and just murdered and annihilated and just, just a genocide. Let alone the darkness that comes from wars like the Korean War, the Vietnam War, uh, and the, the prison camps they're in. And then we can think to ourselves, okay, Father Pierre, those were generations ago. There's a lot of darkness. That's like kind of over, right? Six years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, it was ISIS. And ISIS, what ISIS did to the Yazidis is such an atrocity of humanity. Once again, be very wary of going down these rabbit holes. You go home and Google these things. It's dark. But it's important to know that, like, 
there is darkness in the world. And then Jesus in the gospel has the audacity to call himself the light of the world. And all this darkness and all this death in life, he's the light of the world. Okay. But then, once again, these temptations of our hearts, okay, Father Pierre, but that's like ISIS, that's like Iraq, or whatever. It's kind of, these are isolated, small little instances in, in, in humanity. But if we're truly honest with ourselves, and I think self-reflection is important to be honest with ourselves, if we're truly honest with ourselves, we all have experienced darkness, all of us. And if you haven't, you're not aware of humanity or you're not self-reflective. For example, last week, like literally seven days ago, my five-month-old niece passed away. She was born and stayed in the hospital her whole life. She had lung problems, heart problems, GI problems, stomach problems. She had a lot of problems. Ups and downs, step forward, step back, step forward, step back, step forward, step back. And then we were like, oh, she's coming home soon. And then she had massive seizures, loss of brain activity. She died in the arms of her loving parents, right? Devastating, five-month-old. And then, if you've never experienced the death of a child, it's, 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 it's devastating. It's dark. So maybe some, I know some of you in this church have. And you have this casket, the size of this ambo, super small casket, right? And then a little baby inside of it. And then you go to the cemetery, and there's, there's a whole section of the cemetery for children. It's not just like my niece. It's like a whole section of all these children who've died. And they're all little caskets, and they're all little pictures, and they're all little animals inside of their caskets. It's dark. It's devastating, right? And like, we're very thankful for the incredible medical care she got from U of M. We're incredibly thankful for the love that we've received. Like, we're very loved and very supported. People have just reached out constantly. We're very loved and very supported and very thankful for that. But what did a five-month-old do to deserve death? And then Jesus has the audacity to call himself the light of the world. How do we reconcile these things? St. Paul says today in, the God, in, in Romans 12, he says, one of my favorite scripture for, for, uh, quotes, says, do not be conformed to this world. If we were to conform ourselves to this world, and all the darkness and all the death that we have all experienced, and all of us will experience, we conform ourselves to this world, what would be the, the, the conclusion or the, the solution? It would be like, life is hard, life is challenging, it's too much darkness, there's too much death, I'm going to choose anger, I'm going to choose frustration, I'm going to choose to curse God, I'm going to choose to deny God, I'm going to choose to whatever, I'm going to choose to numb this pain through food or addiction or alcohol or watching enough television so my mind is just numb to the point where I don't have to think about it because it's just too much darkness. And what does that breed? Anxiety, emptiness, depression, all these things that can be, can be you know, consequences of choices that we make in our life or consequences of how we decide to choose to respond to the darkness. So today in the gospel, Christ says, he says, I'm the light of the world. And then we've gone through all this darkness. Next week, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, right? And think about the church. If we would just think about just the church, let alone world economic politics, just the church is shepherding the church. The church has been divided since the ascension of Jesus and has then subsequently been divided and divided and divided. Even if there are our own churches, there's problems amongst churches. And if you think the church isn't divided in the modern day, go Google German bishops. They're a disaster, right? So how is he the good shepherd? How is he the light of the world? But in the wisdom of the church, we have this, the conclusion of Lent here. 
is Christ comes out and says, I am the light of the world. The audacity in this darkness. I am the good shepherd. The audacity and the division that has so much divided the world and the church. And then, the Sunday after is Palm Sunday. He enters into Jerusalem. And the incarnate God in Jesus Christ, who's telling us he's the light of the world, who's telling us he's the good shepherd, enters into Jerusalem. And he himself, the God of the universe, is betrayed by a friend. We've all been betrayed, and that's hurt, and that's darkness. He is imprisoned alone. We've all experienced loneliness, and that is empty, and that is dark, and that is heavy. And then he is persecuted and prosecuted by the states and all the genocides of the world who have been, been supported by certain states or tyrannical governments. Right? And then he is scourged. He is physically incurred pain and suffering and embarrassment and hardship. And then he dies. The ultimate darkness of all of humanity. The death of Jesus Christ. But, and this is huge, is it leads us into the resurrection. And the light of the world is the resurrection of Jesus. It's not the complete annihilation of darkness or the complete annihilation of anything hard in life. That's not what Christ came to do. He is the only, in all of human history, He is the only response to suffering, darkness, and death. Period. Nothing else can come close to it. Because He defeated it in the resurrection. And that is the source of our consolation. And that is the source of our life. Because... As we walk through Lent, and obviously Lent is layered, we have praying and fasting and almsgiving, and we're detaching ourselves from chocolate and from candy and from coffee, whatever. Absolutely. We're also preparing ourselves for death here. This is important. Now, I'll see, I'll, I'll, let's, let's try something. Hopefully it doesn't end in a disaster. Let's all think about this. I'll close your eyes and think for a second. Think of the darkest thing you can think of in your own life that can befall your own life. Maybe you would get sick, your spouse, your parent, your child, your child's death, economic disaster in the world, you know, betrayal, emptiness, loneliness, you know, life is hard, work is hard, marriage is hard, family is hard, school is hard, relationships are hard. There's a lot of darkness. Now think of that. Now, now what if that would actually happen to your life? Because it's possible. Let's open our eyes for a second here. It's kind of a heavy homily, and I apologize for that. But sometimes you have to think about the heaviness of life because we can't live in an incubated reality. Because when, my brothers and sisters, I want you to prepare yourselves from now, when a darkness affects your personal life and something will happen, right? Something. Life is, the nature of life is darkness. Since Cain killed Abel, there has been betrayal and darkness and death and tragedy in the world, and something will happen to your own life. If not, it's already happened. This is what we're doing through Lent, preparing ourselves to enter into Jerusalem, enter into the darkness. Not just ignore it, not just drink a lot and smoke a lot and this and that. This is why I think weed is an epidemic in the modern world. Because weed makes you numb and stupid. Therefore, you can't think and you can't enter into the darkness and process the darkness and then rise from the darkness. Because Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And I'm very thankful that my family, although we've been consoled by people, we're consoled by the light of the world in Jesus Christ. That my niece's death isn't in vain because like, everyone wanted us to abort her, right? Because she brought joy to this world. She brought life to this world. People were praying for her. There is a light in the darkness. There will always be darkness, my brothers and sisters.
But Jesus is the light. And his death and resurrection show us that. And we can choose to focus on the darkness and close our eyes and live in the misery. Or we can do what Christ has called us to do. And what St. Paul calls us to do. Not to conform to this world, but to be transformed. And when we're transformed by the light of the world, we find what Christ has actually prepared for us. The, the, The reason for our creation is so that we can experience in this life and in eternal life, joy, peace, happiness, fulfillment. My brothers and sisters, live in the light of the resurrected Jesus. Amen.